0: So my guest today is a TEDx keynote speaker, accredited master coach, author, and podcast host of the podcast My Brand HQ. She has, uh, as a coach, now works with highly driven career professionals to overcome their limitations, harness their A-game, and elevate their life and career while showing up as the best version of themselves. Hello and welcome to the show, Leela Singh.
1: Hi there, John. How are you doing?
0: I'm very well. Thank you very much for being a guest on the show today. It's a pleasure to have you on.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: That's an absolutely tiny amount of what you do in your introduction. <laughs> uh, so if you would just like to tell the listeners a bit more about yourself, what you do and how you help and how you got to where you are.
1: Um, yeah, I think I can do that. So where shall I start? I start at the beginning. I embarked on my career way, way back, some 20 20- years something um, so I'd always wanted to be an accountant through my education so I studied I qualified and there I was in an organization um, mm-hmm. in, in a finance role and after about six years I recognized that I wanted more and it wasn't that I disliked what I was doing I just felt that there was more to life for me okay, right um, and at the same time back then so this was in my mid-20s Um, I was extremely shy I was quite church mouse I'd go into work I keep my head down Mm. work really hard and believe that that would gain me the success that I wanted in my career and I then had a conversation with my um my financial controller at the time who'd hired me and he was leaving the company and he came over to just say goodbye and he said you know Leela you've been a great hire for the organization He said, but based on your aspirations that you shared during your interview, I feel that you're going to struggle a little bit um, to achieve those. Why? Because you are too quiet. People don't know who you are, what you're about, the value that you're bringing to the table, Mm -hmm. and you need to make yourself known. Mm. And for me, that was great advice, but I didn't know what to do with it because I was really shy. I I had a big inferiority complex. I just felt... You know everyone was better than me and smarter than me and, and so forth
2: okay uh,
1: um and then yeah when I had a, a lot of my decisions in my life have been based on intuition and gut gut instincts and um my decision to, to leave accountancy um was a huge one because I then took a 50 percent pay cut um to go and become a recruitment consultant
0: okay well that's a shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and the reason I did that was because I'd obviously engaged with some uh, recruitment consultants over my career at that point when I was seeking out new roles. And Mm. um, I just thought, Oh, that looks really cool. Do you get to speak to people all day? So although I was shy, Mm. I did like to chat, but typically it had always been people that I know well.
2: Um,
1: And I just thought that would really stretch me. So I did my research, my due diligence, and I applied and I got offered a few roles and I accepted one. And uh, on day one, I was there showing my desk, showing the phone and a list to go and cold call. Um, and for a split second, I thought, oh, my God, what have I done? Mm. Um, but I did it. Yeah. And it's also now noting the fact that I'd taken that pay cut. I'd also um, just bought my first house on a mortgage based on my higher salary. Yeah. Um, so my dad was having a hissy fit at this point. Like, what are you doing? And I said, like, no, 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 mm-hmm. it'll all be fine. It'll work out. And it did work out. Um, mm-hmm. I became the highest bidder in my first year with mm-hmm. no sales experience and, you know, very experienced team around me. And I did really well. I loved it. And it elevated my confidence tenfold. And that's a big part of why I always talk about stepping out of your comfort zone. And it's great. You know, people use it as a term and it's, it's you know, beaten to death. But actually, mm-hmm. for me, doing that and doing that over and over through my career up till now has helped me develop and grow significantly Mm -hmm. um so having then elevated my confidence after a couple of years I then decided okay do I want to stay in recruitment or do I want to go back to finance you know what should I do and I was offered an opportunity at a company called Electronic Data Systems as it was then which was the second largest IT outsourcing company after IBM. And I knew of the company very well because I'd had friends who'd gone through their grad, um, graduation, not graduation, grad, graduate programs. Mm. Um, so I knew of the company, the reputation and so forth. So I accepted the role. It was a role in corporate finance. Again, something completely new to me that I had no experience of, no familiarity. And the reason I share that as an important point is because you may have come across the stats that say I think it's um well first of all 75% of women lack confidence in the workplace but more importantly women feel they need to be able to tick all the boxes on a job spec before they'll apply for a job right okay whereas in this case I couldn't tick anything other mm-hmm. than my attitude my confidence to come mm-hmm. into and do a job is what got me the role mm-hmm which had I gone for it two years earlier, I probably wouldn't have even gotten to interview. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And so I went in and I, I asked questions and um, I learn and I loved it. It was Mm. actually, I spent about six, seven years in that environment. Um, The role was, it it evolved over time. So it was always something new to learn. It was very, very challenging and it created opportunities for me that I never had imagined I would have. Mm. And about six or seven years in from that hewlett-packard then acquired eds as it was um, and then i got offered two roles so i was offered another treasury type role yeah and a sales exec role i went for treasury initially because i thought it would be a nice fit around um, to complement what i've been doing previously mm. um, did that for about 15 months and then i went and asked can i go do the sales role now and they said yes and I spent about ten years in that role, delivered a little shy for billion dollars of business for for them. Mm, wow. Again, had amazing opportunities mm. during that time. Um, and if you'd asked me, you know, at the start of my career, would you ever work in sales? Absolutely not. You know, didn't have the confidence, mm. far too shy, didn't think I could do it, and so forth. And I guess that's what's brought me to doing what I do today in a in a, in a big way because. I started my coaching journey about eight or nine years ago. And again, I just lost my mum to cancer. And I just had this, for a split second, this thought go through my head saying, what are you doing with your life? And I loved what I was doing at Mm HP. Don't get me wrong, it was great. But I stopped and I thought, what am I doing? And I thought, okay, if I keep doing what I'm doing, it means I'll be able to say I've done 30 years at HPE. It's like, okay, that doesn't sit with me anymore.
2: Right. There
1: is more for yeah. me. Okay. Um, and long story short, I, I've always been into personal growth. I've always invested in reading books and looking at like online courses. I went off and did um, my NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming uh, Practitioner Training,
2: mm-hmm. had
1: no idea what it was, decided <laughs> <so> <laughs> to go do it. Um, it blew my mind. I had so many incredible breakthroughs and I was like, oh my god, this stuff is like so powerful. I want to be able to share it with people mm. and show others what's possible because I yeah. I was working in an environment where, you know, we were all making great money and yet so many people were miserable, unhappy, mm. frustrated, and I think that's not life. I've always had a positive outlook on life and enjoyed life and made the most of it and I just thought, you know what? This isn't how it should be so. I wanted to show people in that environment that there is so much more that's possible. Mm. Um, so, over the next few years, I then invested heavily in my own personal growth. I've had coaches for the last or sort of eight years um, on business, on mindset, on my health, on, on so many different areas, mm. um, and also invested in, in working with mentors to understand how to run a business and, and that kind of thing. So. Mm. Three and a half years ago, I finally left. So I did all this in parallel to my job, which was yeah. incredibly demanding.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and interestingly, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, you don't have a life every weekend. You're on a training course or you're doing this and that. And I was like, yeah, but I enjoy it. I loved what yeah, I was doing. This is my
0: life. And I know and it's great. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. And then, you know, when it, when I handed them my notes, I said, right, I'm off now. I was like, oh, you're so lucky you're getting to go off and fulfill your passion. I'm like, yeah, I'm really lucky.
2: Mm. Cause I had no yeah. life for like five yeah. years,
1: you
0: know? <laughs> um, so choice, you made a lucky choice.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm just lucky. Um, so for the last three years or three and a half years, I've been full-time running my coaching practice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and in terms of like my niche for during that time, it's been around personal branding, personal growth. And what I mean by that is I simply reflected on my journey, you know, the challenges that I've overcome my learnings around personal development and bringing all my experience of sales of finance together as well mm. and helping people to, because what I realized is that's what I had done. I had grown a, my own personal brand. And for me, it's not about your online presence. I'm not talking about that kind of personal brand, which I think the definition is so diluted now. Um, but for me at the time, like three years ago, it was about how you show up, you know, understanding and owning your values, mm. your brand identity, you know, how do you want people to see you? What do you want to be known for? Those were the things for me Yeah, that re- reflect personal branding and brand identity. So, you know, I have a, a, a blueprint that I work with my clients on to help them to to develop that personal brand.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: around getting clear on themselves, who, what they want, you know, who, who they are, what they stand for, what they want to be mm-hmm. known for. Um, we look at the biggest thing, which is mindset. Mm. all the things that hold us back and there's always layers and layers to peel off and to really create that freedom um I look at uh presence which is the bigger part of communication you know most Mm. people talk about what you say Mm. um but obviously as, as we both know it's much more than that and a big part of it is your um nonverbal communication mm. and, and so I help people to to refine that so that they have a stronger presence
2: yeah
1: walk into the office when they stand up and present you know mm-hmm. when they're in a meeting yeah. um, and on zoom of course and then um another part of that speaking because I'm a trained speaker mentor um, I've been doing that for about seven years now um so I, I coach people around their public speaking and um you know how to to deliver with both confidence and, and, and clarity but also be engaging with people mm. in the room mm.
2: um
1: then we look at connection which is all about relationships because for me relationships is a key part of everything yeah. um so we work through that as well um you know what what does that mean why is it important and how do you do it and then finally it's about um, cultivating leadership so bringing all of those areas together to show up as a leader for you because mm. once you're a leader for you you can lead other people. So I'm not talking about a job title, but you as an individual. So that for me is personal branding.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and, and so I've, why have I done that? Why have I focused in that area? Because for me, that's what I did. And it's, you know, when you look back and you join the dots hmm. and that's what I did to recognize that, like, okay, yeah. these are things, because I've always seen myself as being really shy. Now, this is a thing about mindset and perception, yeah. right? Definitely. And even up until i don't know the last few years of my career my boss my director who we were really good friends we would worked together for about 16 years and you know he'd, he always said oh lily you're the relationship person you go out there and you like network and mm. you know buy people coffees and chat to them i'm like I, i've got work to do i need to win business he's like no but just go do that because i all love you and you know people talk to you and connect with you but i didn't see myself as that i still saw no. myself as that shy person yeah um, and it's i think because he kept like reinforcing it I was like okay and then I started to recognize it when Mm. you know clients had the option to walk away from us and I'd have a conversation and they'd stay with us and keep that business with us and you know we're talking about millions of dollars of business Mm. um to the to the extent that you know even now three and a half years on I will still have people who are senior in the organization who will meet me for coffee for lunch to go for a curry you know whatever it might be and I, I'm like, wow, they will still take time out of their busy schedule to come have spend time with me. Mm. To me, that's the power of relationships. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, the kind
0: of connection and impact that you've made.
1: Yeah, and it's a yeah. reputation thing. So, you know, one of my, my favourite quotes for me is, "Your personal brand is your professional reputation. And, and that's, again, it's looking back, at okay, how did I do this? How did mm. I accomplish it? What have I learned? And that's where that blueprint comes from. It's sharing that. Yeah. Mm. Um, And actually, in the last couple of months, I'm now looking to expand what I do. So whilst I still coach people around their branding and how they show up in the workplace and so forth, Mm -hmm. with working with my coaches now, I've come to recognize I'm so much more than that. And I've actually been playing really small. So for me right now, I'm kind of playing around with the messaging of how to articulate what I help people with, because what I've recognized and what my clients have helped me to recognize is that actually the the life I have created for myself, which is a life of freedom, of abundance, and of joy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is what so many people want. Mm-hmm. And you know, whether that's in terms of my outlook, my mindset, my reputation, my you know, multiple streams of income, you know, whatever it might be that's allowed me to do what I do is actually what I've really helped people with mm. and so it's it's broadening now okay. that niche almost or the messaging of yeah. how I can help people I will still look to work with professionals typically in the technology industry because that's my network those are the people that I know and yeah. by the way coming back to relationships 90% of my clients are former colleagues
0: right okay I
1: have huge respect for that and um, appreciation mm. that they chose to work with me in this capacity, yeah. having worked with me in a completely yeah. different context.
0: Yeah, as you say, that relationship that you've built there, they completely clearly have that kind of what do they care, the lo- no, like, and trust Yeah. kind of way with you, don't they? That's enabled you to keep those relationships going and also mm-hmm. be able to. Uh, find those people that really want to work with you and what you do now I'm mean, really interested to see what goes on now moving forwards and maybe we'll have to get you back on another episode of the show to see where you are in a <laughs> in a certain amount of time um, wow, but it seems big. so I love that what you said about that kind of inferiority complex it's it because it doesn't it doesn't feel like you would have had that does it you know what you've done is you stepped out of your comfort zone each time so it was clearly, like you said, your mindset was, I am this person, but your actions were showing you as to be someone completely different.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and actually, um, it showed up for me recently in a conversation I was having with somebody. I'm trying to think of which conversation now. But, um, you know, pretty much every decision I've made along the way, as I said, has been through instinct rather mm. than strategy. And it's it's worked out well for me.
2: Mm. But not bad enough.
0: Not by luck. No. By choice. Like you've made, you said choice earlier on. And it's something that you've, like that instinct. Yeah. It's actually probably, I, I would imagine, what you really believed about yourself or what you really saw in yourself or where you really wanted to go. And mm. you were able to make those choices, but trusting in yourself that this was the right thing for you to do.
1: Correct. Correct. And in, I remember the conversation I was having and um, I was asked a question. And it, it, um, so here's the thing. I interview people on my podcast. I speak to a lot of people. I read a lot of things on LinkedIn where people talk about um you can't be what you can't see. And I'm kind of like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, why not?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So for me, back in the days of my A levels at college, that was probably the only part of my life that I really didn't enjoy, the couple of years at college. Okay. And why was that? Because again, I was still quite lacking in my own confidence. And because so my Although you look to look at me and think, okay, she's Asian or whatever, right? And but people would ask me, okay, oh, well, where are you from? What languages do you speak? And I'd be like, oh, I'm I'm British. I speak English. I don't speak anything else. Oh, well, what religion are you? I'm Hindu. Okay, so so you speak Hindi? I was like, no. um well, Where are your parents from? And then I'd say the Caribbean, the West Indies, mm-hmm. South America, Guyana, to be precise.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'd be like, oh, okay. And they sort of look like, oh, okay. And that's so. Ever since then, I've never wanted to be a part of a group. Right. I've always wanted, and again, this is a bit of a subconscious thing that when I look back, I think, oh, okay, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But I always wanted to be different
2: mm-hmm.
1: and unique. And mm-hmm. so for me, and I've done that along the way in, in little ways, I've done things. And I look back at that and I think, yeah, it's a lot of those decisions have been like I'm not going to do the or follow the norm or do what people expect. You know, when I left accountancy, it wasn't only my parents, you know, my my manager was like horrified. Like, what are you doing? He Mm. was going, to I'll give you a pay rise. I said, it's not about the money. You know, um, my dad's like, how are you going to pay for your mortgage you've just taken on? My friends were like, what a waste. You just spent like X number of years studying. I just recently, you know, done my ACC and whatever. It's like a lot of study. And and you're throwing all away. And I was like, no, no, my view is I'm. Harnessing all of that experience and knowledge, and and I've always, in some shape or form, used that in Mm -hmm. everything else that I've done. That's why I did so well in recruitment because I was having more meaningful conversations with uh, clients Mm
2: -hmm.
1: around their hiring needs than the people in the team who, and it's not not non disrespect to them, but they weren't trained accountants. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So the conversation could only go to a certain point because they didn't necessarily understand. Um, And that's why I believe I I did so well in that Mm -hmm. role. But I think the point being, it's not, I don't believe that you can't be what you can't see. I've never looked for that. For me, it's like, oh, I'm the only female in the team or I'm the only person of colour in the team. Okay, cool. Stand up, make a difference. It's like, do you know what I mean? I see that mm. as a positive.
2: Mm. And
1: even the whole, you know, there's, a, we talk about women in tech. I've spoken for a lot of groups and women in tech and stuff and I advocate for women in tech. However... I don't understand when people say, oh, you know, I, I'm what's the word? imposter syndrome. I've got imposter syndrome because I'm the only female in on the team. I'm like, as a coach, I don't buy into labels because yeah, you become yeah. that label.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And for me, it's like, okay, so what are you going to do to shine? I think it's an opportunity. If you've got a lot of people like you and that, then, then it's hard for you to shine.
2: Mm.
1: Whereas for me, when I joined EDS, for example, you know, very few people of color just Happened to be in that office, but other mm. parts of the business there was, there was a lot more, right? Mm. Um, and predominantly through that career in tech, which was 16 years, I've predominantly worked with men or amongst men, yeah. And it's never really, I've never even like thought about it until I published my book, which was at the early part of my co- coaching journey.
2: Mm.
1: And um, what was it that happened, yeah? So when I published it, somebody in the company approached me to um deliver some webinars around my book within the company. And, and it was a women's network. Okay. And that's when it came to my attention that there's this like women's network and there's all these, um, even outside of, of HPE, you know, other communities that really advocate for women in tech, which is great. But I think there's, and I'm I'm being a little bit contentious here, but I think there's a fine line between, yeah, we need to get more women in tech, but also the continuous calling it out as a problem exacerbates the problem.
2: Mm.
1: Does that make sense? So yeah, not to yeah. so say we we highlight
0: do... something that may make the issue worse.
1: Correct. Yeah. Correct. And so I'm really conscious of that. And and because like for me, it was never, it was just like stand up, do what you can, advocate for others, but own your space.
0: Again, there's interesting that like, again, this inferiority conflict, this shyness, but there's always been that inner belief. I guess. And my parents have been
1: very fortunate that Mm. they, you know, I've got one brother, but they've never treated us differently. It was always, here's your opportunities, go make what you can of them, Mm. kind of thing. It wasn't like, oh, because you're you're female, you can't go do something.
2: Mm.
1: You know, my dad was a a barrister in in the 60s in this country. That's pretty, Mm. you know, incredible to achieve that in those days, even today. But you know, back then, and so for him, he didn't see it as oh, only men can do that. It's like he would have loved for me to have done law, right? You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was part of it. There was no—I I was fortunate that I wasn't really around people who try to pigeonhole me or hold me back. Mm. Um, even when I left my career to follow this passion, I was waiting and waiting for my dad to say something, and he never did and then you know towards because my dad's now passed as well and and, you know even in the last couple of years he was like really encouraging and it's great to see that you're going to be stepping out on your own path and doing what you love and I was like oh wow in my head I was like wow I'm really surprised because I was expecting Mm -hmm. this what the hell you've just given up a really successful job or career um so I think there's a lot to be said for having those people around you Mm. right
0: yeah they Um, had trust in you as much as maybe when you didn't have that well, I believe in yourself, it sounds like, that they, yeah. you know, they believed in you, that you would make the right decision, regardless of what decisions you were making, and whether they thought they necessarily agreed with it at the time, they Correct. had the in the you that you were making that right decision.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'm going to be really honest and transparent here. One of the biggest reasons that I did have that um, that inferiority complex, that lack of self-belief, was because I suffered for about from the age of 11 to about 27 years old. So we're looking at very about 15, 16 years with really severe acne. OK, really bad. So for me, and here's the thing, I didn't really get bullied for it. I got a few people who comment, but I was never I can never say, so, oh, yeah, I got bullied, mm. I didn't, which is very fortunate. But looking back now and obviously having done a lot of the personal development work on myself, I recognised that I was the bully okay I believe myself because of the, the talk in here mm. that that self-talk in a dialogue whatever you want to call it was beating myself up about it because i mm. used to sit and cry i'd be like mm. why me you know why am i so ugly why is it like can't i be pretty so that I can have boyfriends and da, 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 and all that mm. so all of that yeah. kept me playing really small
2: yeah
1: and hiding myself away this mm. is all through my 20s and yeah. It was only when I finally, because I'm very much about holistic medicine and I find alternative ways to deal because mm. I've been through the, the traditional route and got me sicker and nothing worked. Right. So I went and now everything's holistic for me. Okay, um, But once I managed to find that solution and my skin cleared up and I got my confidence and. I Suddenly realized, you know what? All the stuff I've missed out on I didn't do in my twenties because even going to a concert, anyone who knows me, who follows me on Facebook knows I, you know, I'm a stalker for Tony Hadley, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and you know, similar. back
2: yeah. <laughs> back
1: then, <laughs> I'm meeting him on Saturday on Sunday. Um, mm. but you know, back then I wouldn't dare go to a concert or be out doing things or doing any sports or anything because I was so conscious of the judgment of what I look like So even going out to bars and my friends are starting to go clubbing I'd be like I'd go occasionally but mm. I'd like in my head I'm like well, why would I go there because everyone's going there because I want to meet a boy or a girl and I'm like well, no one's going to look at me and they're going to be thinking what is she even doing here because like she's so ugly so I had all this stuff going on mm. um, and when I managed to as I said clear it all up and this was purely through food testing I was just like, I am the one who's missed out on so much. And quite frankly, no one else no. gives a shit.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm the one who's cho- made those choices. Mm. I'm the one who's missed out. So what am I going to do? Yeah. And that's when I was just like, you know what? My whole mentality just shifted.
0: That self-talk can really make you break. You can't.
1: Mm. Yeah. And literally, it was only in the recent... Months that what I've just shared with you, that I've never actually said out loud because I only recognised it very recently. that I was the one bullying myself because of how I was speaking to myself.
0: Well, thank you for sharing. So yeah, realization to come to as well. And again, I think that does tie into that kind of story, doesn't it? As well that you, that mindset, that self-talk, that lack of what you believed about yourself, but actually your actions were sort of in a lot of instances was telling you a different story, and then actually all you needed was to free yourself from that self-criticism and uh, that uh, negative self-bias and everything that you had about Mm. yourself and putting yourself down and everything else to be able to release the kind of person that you really were.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you look at my my sales director that I mentioned that, you know, we've known each other now for like almost 20 years and you know when I tell him about, oh, you know, he used to be really shy, and he's just like, really? Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, and he's worked with me closely for so many years, and he's yeah. like, I just don't see it how it's possible. No,
0: well, that, that's kind of gonna move on to your your talking, your speaking career,
1: right?
0: I mean, I was fascinated to find out you'd done a TEDx keynote speak, uh, speech. Um, uh, I'd love to get on TEDx. So, if there's anyone from TEDx out there who loves the show, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um what did you talk about tell me about your TEDx talk and then tell me about your, your speaking again because speaking is supposed to be the number one kind of crippler in the world isn't it for fear um
1: Absolutely, yeah. so it's,
0: again someone who's shy turns out to be a, a great speaker
1: mm, thank you um, so yeah I mean all very interesting in terms of getting involved in public speaking um that was part of my journey when I was kind of looking at how I can grow my business and learn more about business and I recognized then that actually being a speaker will kind of give you a platform I guess to to talk about who you are what you do so you can attract potential Mm. clients um so I started training now prior to that if you saw me try and speak at work like a lot of people I would be probably physically sick the night before I'd be trying to memorize to be able to regurgitate
2: yeah
1: whatever I had to talk about and I was actually Crapping it, yeah, yeah, for like three days beforehand. Um,
0: and the talks are usually pretty rubbish because you kind of regurgitate everything anyway, right? You yeah, to, I mean, I get you good feedback over yourself
1: to get it right, exactly. That's the thing they give me. Oh, yeah, no, it was good, it was good. And I'm just thinking, oh, so crap, I'm thinking this is not how this should be. So, um, I then started working with a, a speaker mentor, and that helped me. Well, actually, the NLP was what gave me the breakthrough of the fear mm-hmm. of speaking,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and that was so powerful. That was so powerful because the, what I visualized from then is what I've done since. Okay. You know, standing on big stages, talking and so forth. I mean, text, NLP, of, you,
0: you visualized yourself in that space and created that space for yourself hmm. in a vision type space and then you recreated that in, in your real life.
1: Correct. And it was part of the NLP process of, hmm. of you know letting go of the fear of, of it and all that kind of thing. So
2: hmm. it,
1: it was a com- combination of things. But now when I look back, I'm like, yeah, and I've done that vision I had. I've done that m- many times over. Um, so it's one thing overcoming the fear. And then the next part of it is, OK, um, the skills to be able to deliver an engaging talk.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so now, you know, I can deliver a, a, a 60 or 90 minute talk without notes, whereas before I'd be holding on to my pa- piece of paper yeah. at work. Like, yeah. um, and now I've learned the techniques and, and so forth. And as, as my mentor says, go up there empty because what's meant to come through will come through you know your stuff and it's mm. funny because even today um I would normally prep a little bit for, for, mm. for a, a conversation like I said I haven't and I'm hearing what's coming out and I'm like oh that's interesting um so going up empty and speaking when I mm. when I've trusted myself to do that those have been my best talks mm-hmm. um TEDx on the other hand um or well, before I get to that you know just to give context I've spoken at a number of tech companies large organizations mm. one of the biggest tech conferences in Europe I've spoken at I think four times now in rooms of you know a few hundred people so for me it doesn't even matter how how many people are in the room anymore mm. but what's interesting is so, so the nerves is managed it's controlled and I, I get a little bit of butterflies but I think that's healthy butterflies not yeah. utter crapping myself butterflies. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so that's all good but yet the TEDx was a whole different experience. Why? Because there's so many rules about what you should and shouldn't do. And, and, and it, that that is more of an example of almost learning it rote because you've got a limited number of minutes. I think it's mm. roughly 18 minutes or so to speak right. and it cannot go over that. Okay. Um, and one of the requirements is that you have to be able to back up anything you say with facts and data points. Right. So if you say something and you forget to share the data mm. point, you run the risk of it not getting approved because we can all deliver a tedx but if it still gets reviewed for approval
0: yeah
1: so that's the, the couple of weeks when you're absolutely bricking it thinking <laughs> is it's going to get approved um so for me it was a whole different experience to just going and speaking on stage
2: yeah
1: because i now had to go back to almost rote learning mm. my talk and you asked what what it was on um the title is are you just another number in your organization and it, I talked about showing up, stepping up, and speaking up. And I used the story that I've just shared today, which is about showing up, about stepping up, asking for what you want, mm. and speaking up, um, because it was a TEDx Women event. So I targeted around women yeah. in their career, yeah.
2: um,
1: and 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 that's where I, you know, I shared some of the the, the stats around, you know, seventy five percent of women lack confidence in the workplace, and for me. You know, we talk so much about getting more women in senior positions and on boards, and yet women lacking confidence are not going to put themselves forward for it. Or if they get offered it, they may decline it because they don't have the confidence. So therefore we're going around Mm -hmm. in a circle. Mm -hmm. I I have a belief that we all create the life that we want. Okay, so, Mm -hmm. yes, there are things outside of our control, like Mm -hmm. the, the big companies, the employers who don't give those opportunities.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: but also we have to take responsibility for creating that so if we don't have the confidence let's say to put ourselves forward for a job when we only know 50% of the job spec or because it's a senior role it's got a lot of exposure we're not going to do it how are we helping ourselves we can't mm-hmm. put it on others and blame and that's where my coaching comes in because mm-hmm. for me it's all about not being the victim and being yeah. blaming everything outside of you that you cannot control but actually. What can you control and what can you do? Mm. And that's really empowering for anyone to stop and recognize, okay, I'm in control here of my destiny. I get to create. And if something's not working, there's going to be a reason for that. It's not Mm. about everything outside of us. And so that was a big part of what I shared in in the TEDx as well and the importance Mm. of, you know, one of the um, biggest impacts of that 75%. Was Two things, public speaking and um, asking for a pay rise.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And that's, again, very interesting because I've had, you know, I asked for a pay rise at Hewlett-Packard and I went to my mentor at the time and I was like, you know, something's not sitting right with me here and it was it was a big story behind it, which I won't go into. And he said to me, he goes, well, organise a call with your director. And, uh, and this particular director at the time wasn't someone I was very close to or anything, so it was a bit more... Mm. I don't know Mm -hmm. how this is going to land. And Mm -hmm. I ended up getting a 17% pay rise, which wasn't even what I was going for. Mm -hmm. I actually wanted a little bit of recognition for something that I had massively overachieved on. Mm. Um, And I thought if I hadn't asked, I'd never have gotten that pay rise.
0: And you learned a valuable lesson.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's a bit about speaking up and and asking for what you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an amazing message you said. Like you said, if there's something that's not quite working in your life, it's going to be coming from you somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we all recognise that we've we've been in those spaces and some of us may be still in some of those spaces yeah. <laughs> right now when things just aren't quite ticking over the way that we want them to. And we need to really look inside ourselves and think, actually, what is that that I'm doing? And like you said, you've taken the control. You've decided actually, if I want something, I need to make sure that I can make it happen.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, for me, you know, I got told once, Again, early on in the, my career, that you can do anything you put your mind to, and if I look at my track record, I've done that. Um, and I, I truly believe anything is possible.
2: Mm.
1: Number one is a lot of people don't know what they want. Mm. It's incredible when you ask someone and they haven't even stopped to think.
2: Yeah. About yeah. it. Yeah, nice.
1: I one, that. what do you want? And number two is okay. How are you going to create that?
2: Mm. I always find
0: that fascinating when I work with my clients. I say, so what do you want? And I like. I don't really know so what kind of relationship are you looking for when I want this I say okay but what do you really want from somebody what how much do you want to give to somebody how does this what's this picture of this relationship mm-hmm. we're looking for well I don't know I just really want to meet someone uh well I know what I don't want <laughs> it's as, well coming yeah. out as well we've got a massive looking for what we don't want list um yeah. but that's that's yeah and that's really interesting I know we I know we've got a we're a bit short on time today unfortunately and I think we might have to have a, a part two um uh for the relationship guy uh, thank you for everything you've shared so far um i mean i think everything you've said it shows the significance of the relationships that you cultivate outside but they, you know there's also that massive significance of the relationship that you cultivate with yourself as well
1: mm, absolutely uh, absolutely and i think you know just to touching on the relationship aspect it it's it's interesting because even like now in in my business I hear the story so often and I see people who do it it's like they won't nurture relationships and then they suddenly find them in a situation where they need a job and they'll reach out to people and there's no relationship there Mm. and you're going to get kind of get that feeling even the person who's asking and then they get annoyed because someone's not helping them and you kind of well, okay what have you put into that relationship Mm. So for me, I I, I I guess now that I've gotten a lot more clarity on myself, I'm, I'm natural. I love to meet people. I love to talk to people and I love to help people. So for me, it, it's a non-issue. But if it's not in your natural DNA, then it's something you probably want to be looking at cultivating,
2: mm.
1: not because you want something from it, but I just feel relationships give so much richness to your life. Mm. You know, and and I, I say this so much, you know, that one conversation can change your life,
2: mm.
1: right? And, you know, whether it's in a career context, whether it's in an in a intimate relationship context, you know, you could talk to somebody on on a train, right? And, and, and then exchange numbers and then mm. they introduce you to somebody who introduced you to somebody else and you could marry that person, right? But you just don't know. And it's being mm. open to that. Mm. And I think a lot of people aren't, it's like something has to look a certain way and for me you know whether it's in business or it's your career it's in your friendship circle whatever it might be mm. always be looking to to create friendships and relationships because you just don't know where they can take you mm. i'll be really honest it surprised me and i shouldn't have but it has surprised me that a lot of the people who've reached out either to work with me or to help me make introductions for me since i've been doing what i do mm. I'm like wow I wouldn't have expected and that's for me it's an important part of for anyone who's, who's done any personal development work is letting go of any expectation of anything yeah because you just don't know what will come you yeah. cannot judge you cannot expect or not expect it almost just do show up as the best you as I say and mm-hmm. things will happen
0: yeah yeah It'd be a bit I'd be curious about what can actually happen yeah the world is full of possibility right I think that's what excites a lot of people um and and again I think that's something that works in the relationship thing especially that the the, it can really hold us back if we uh put too many expectations on things but actually we're not it's nice nice to think that if I can if I just put myself out there as myself and give as much to life as possible then the every all the possibilities that I, I want to to make happen in my own life uh, can, can be there.
1: Absolutely. You know what you, the way you show up, the energy that you give out and and what you put out there, it will come back to you tenfold. Mm. You know, I, I'm really blessed with a circle of friends that I have, Mm. you know, and and someone said the other day to me, Oh, it's really hard to make friends when you're grown up. And I'm like, if I look at my friend circle, I've got school friends, college friends, uni friends, all my jobs, I have still got friends and I call Mm. them true friends that I am still in touch with. Mm. Um, and that's, that's always been the case. And there are people who, yes, like I said, that are former colleagues, who, but will still meet up once in a while and have a catch mm. up. Mm. And for me, that's so precious, because there's part of me says, why would, why would they want to? But it's that relationship that's been created. Mm. Um, and I'm, it's not about me, my, it's not about my ego. It's, it's just about, wow, it's so lovely to have those people in my life. And I think a big part of that for anyone is, again, one conversation can change your life. That can be a friendship you create Mm. from just saying hello to somebody.
0: And I think that's what kind of drew me to you in the first place, because I was at uh, an event and I, uh, I think we were at the same event. You were online and I was in the room and I think you answered a question or you talked about something on the screen and you were talking about the relationships and I really kind of engaged with what you were saying about the significance of relationships in your business and how you cut what you were cultivating, and, and everything was so significant around the relationship thing. And that's when I reached out to you and said, I'd love to get you on the podcast because <laughs> what you said registered with me really deeply and, and was so, I uh, thought, a really significant message. And, uh, and what you've talked about today, I think, has really kind of conveyed why um, I, I connected to you, mm. not just with you, but connected to you when you were speaking in the first place. Um, yeah, we have only got really... a few minutes to go. Um, so yeah. I just wanted to. Uh talk, again, you obviously got your book. So you, is it you want to you didn't mention the title when you were talking about it earlier on. So if you'd just like to give a shout out to your book. Yep. And also just quickly talk about your podcast to your my brand. And it's interesting that um the my brand, is MI, hyphen brand, not M Y. And I can see now after what you were saying why the MI is so significant. Um so if you can just sort of mention your book to people and how they can maybe get a copy of that. I'll talk a little bit more about your podcast in people because
1: people want listen thank you so um, my book is called success redefined how to leverage your natural talent to be limitless um that was published uh seven years ago i can't believe it it's on amazon so if you google my name or google the title you'll be able to find it. It's on um uh kindle as well mm-hmm. um and i'm actually looking to create a, a new edition of that i think there's i mean seven years i've learned so much more
2: yeah I'm um,
1: sure. so yeah and um my podcast my brand hq personal branding for career acceleration um it's available on all the main um podcast platforms and essentially it comprises of interviews with leaders from the tech industry. When I say leaders, I'm talking about people who are leaders for themselves, not necessarily in their job titles. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them has, they've all been such rich conversations. Um, people have been openly transparent, sharing their journey, their challenges, their, what they've created for themselves. And for me, it's about showing others what is possible
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, in terms of career, in terms of your life. And they have been phenomenal conversations, each and every one of them. So Please do check that out. It's it's fantastic. And then thirdly, um, for those of you who resonate with what I talked about in personal branding, um, I have a playbook that I've created, which goes into more depth on the six areas that I mentioned earlier of what I believe personal branding is. It also has a brand assessment that you can carry out to identify where the gaps are in your brand and what you can do to close those. And it shares a bunch of Um, best practices that you can immediately take and implement to help you to to hone your own brand so yeah I can share that's the
0: the freebie that you're going to be giving away yeah personal branding playbook um and there'll be a link in the show notes for people that want to grab a hold of a copy of that um how do people get in touch with you if they want to find out a little bit more about uh, how they could work with you
1: the easiest way is linkedin um I can give you the link for my profile as well or just
0: great Don't yeah excellent um so just spell your name for everybody
1: <laughs> l-e-i-l-a and sing s-i-n-g-h
0: great but pronounced leela
1: not layla not layla not lila
0: <laughs> <laughs> um thank you so much for being here one one part in quote words of wisdom that you might have for the listeners
1: oh gosh you know you put me on the spot um i had it written down here and i can't find it. here we go i <laughs>
2: think
1: <laughs> the keys to a strong personal brand are courage communication and connection and I think or I feel that has been exemplified in this conversation mm. that we've had together um the importance of courage to to actually reach out and speak to people particularly people you don't know or you've not spoken to for years
2: mm.
1: communication it's all about communication and then creating that connection and nurturing it
0: yeah um just quickly just to go back what you said about your podcast i think you've been a great guest for your podcast today because you've shown how people have been able to make something for themselves by stepping out of their comfort zone trusting their gut instinct at times and believe actually even though you didn't really realize it believing in yourself as you were moving forward in the decisions that you were making mm. fascinating conversation thank you so much for sharing it's such a shame that we had we run out of time for today
1: that's I'm happy
0: to, to do a part two. <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, it's we'll worth get that in the diary. Uh, thanks again, Lena Singh. Uh, and I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you, John, for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure
1: talking to you.
0: Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.